Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Greetings, nerds. This is Being a Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Oh, well, I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, look, continue when you went from great to fine to okay, so I'll average it out and say you're doing fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm doing I'm fine. Doing, I'm doing fine. Uh, last week we took a pause and now we're back and I feel like shows keep dropping and shows also keep getting canceled. As you just told me two minutes ago, uh, cops got canceled in the wake of George Floyd's murder. Yeah. Yeah. So the Paramount Network, uh, did cancel cops. It's been around for 31 years. I hadn't didn't realize that the show has just been on for that long. I just thought, I didn't realize there, I hadn't watched it in years. I just, but whenever I come across it on cable, I thought it was just loops of, of old, old reruns of shows. But uh, yeah, that one. And also I think uh, Live PD stopped airing as well, which is, I think it comes on A&E or one of those, one of the cable networks. But yeah, they, they pulled the plug on, on the show. Yeah, yeah. And also, uh, Gone with the Wind has been removed from HBO um, due to its historical context. So yeah. a lot of a lot of changes in programming and yeah. services, which which is interesting because right now those services is where people are finding entertainment due to COVID-19 and everything and things slowly transitioning back to quote-unquote normal whatever that will be in the next few months but um it's the some very strategic moves and also i think some very needed new needed moves but but we'll see yeah yeah the going with the wind thing i know a lot of you know reading the comments and stuff people are like losing their shit but i mean they are going to return to show to HBO, the movie to HBO Max. It's just, I mm-hmm. think they they are, but again, I think they'll put a disclaimer on there to you know to, to 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 frame it in its proper context because you know it does give this glorified, uh, overly romanticized notion of the of the South during the Civil War, but uh, and, and but and during that time period. So I, I think on that one, I yeah, I think. I think that was a good move and you know, it, it, it doesn't diminish its, its historical value as far as film. I mean, it is one of the top grocers prior to Endgame and, and avatar. So, yeah. So, but I think it, it but it, you know, we're in a, in a 2020, I mean, it, we're in a new world now. And I think uh, if anything, the last few weeks has shown us that, uh, you know, we, we, we have to have some hard conversations and I think it's good for HBO max to do this. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think you, you are right where, because of that, that, that movie um, has, has built itself a reputation in Hollywood for other purposes. And I frankly only remember one line and I said, frankly, on purpose, but (laughs) (laughs) from that movie and I've only seen it one time, I I fell asleep during it as I do with most movies from that era. Um, it's just not my cup of tea, but I, I don't know. Um, in other news that it's kind of along the same lines, we also got word this week that Hartley Sawyer uh, was fired from The Flash amidst racist, sexist, and homophobic tweets being released from um, over the past 
decade. And yeah. you know what? I, I will I will say on our show what I told you, Will. I knew there was a reason <laughs> why I had no interest in Ralph and Sue this past season. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. Well, you know. I, you know, it, it's funny. I was just like, dang, art imitating life or something. Is that why he was so like, uh, so comfortable with some of the, you know, with the characters misogyny right. or early, early on or what, but, uh, you know, it's been a very interesting thing to see, see how the fandom has, has reacted to this, uh, you know, and it, it you know, it really is like a window into, into, into po- po- folks thoughts and feelings on certain things. And some people, you know, a lot of, you know, I've saw things where people were high fiving, like, yeah, we got call it we, we exposed him for who he is. Some people were like, he's grown, give him a break. So when I saw, you know, I mentioned to you earlier um in the week that I had met I saw this starting to percolate around the end of end of May, uh on on some on some of the flash timelines and um uh, people, you know, referencing these tweets and I, you know, I saw them and I saw where Hartley canceled his his twitter page and then uh and then of course uh you know you can go to our page and see some of the some of the things that he that he tweeted out years ago but i mean it was basically like you know saying if i had a wife i'd beat her lol and trying to make very poor taste and bad jokes and so i mean yeah it was it was a while ago but he was an adult and you know people are held responsible for it and i think of roseanne with her comments and, you know, losing her show, Kevin Hart. I mean, so this is not just a white thing. I mean, Kevin Hart, because of some old bits that he did in years past was, was pulled from, from the Oscars. So shows, this is a brand and, and this show has a, a following and an image that they want to protect. And if stuff like that shows up, I think they were well within their rights to dismiss them from the show. And right. uh, it's kind of all. So that he's been on now for a few seasons and they're only yep. resurfacing right now. I mean, this, this really isn't, I didn't find this to be suddenly out of nowhere because this is a, um, the most recent of a slew of people who have, um, been fired from different projects due to tweets and yep. due to their perception on social media. Uh, and something that I would say is, it's not our call. We don't know him in real life. We right. know what he put out on social media. And yes, it, it, they were a lot of the really bad ones were, from what I could tell, um, very long ago. But but I think we have to trust the producers where they do that judgment and saying, was it just he was young and naive or is that still the same person he is today, but he he's much more savvy with social media? And I think they determined from because they know him mm-hmm. and they've been working with him for years now that, you know what? No, we we're going to hold him accountable because he hasn't changed. Um, I don't know if that would be, have been the outcome had they seen something else. Or the cast reaction. The cast reaction speaks, I think, the most volume to yeah. it. Yeah. So, so yeah. again, not our call. They did what they thought was in the best interest for their show and for just the culture that they want to build on set. And I applaud them for that. I'm glad you brought up the cast reaction because I also, you know, thinking about another situation where this happened, uh, the contrast, uh, James Gunn. So you know, Exactly. When- yeah, when he had his his old tweets resurface, I mean, everyone to as far as cast members and uh, you know really came to his defense and and was very supportive. We're here. I mean, Grant was very like you know shocked, hurt, dis, you know disappointed. So you know so and, and even Stephen ML chimed in. So of course he he steps in it himself sometimes, but uh, but even you know and, and and you know and I'm sure they talked to Candace and and other members of the cast. Clearly, like you said, it was probably one of those things where, and especially given he's a supporting character and not a lead, they they made the decision we're going to move on. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, 
We're going to move on and we're not going to, we're going to hold people accountable. Yep. Oh man. Yeah. I like how you, um, you maneuvered around Stephen and Valley. You're like, yeah, and Stephen <laughs> Valley even said, but he's also. <laughs> and, and we kind of did miss last week sharing our thoughts because both of us were very aware of every everything going on with Stephen and Mel on social media due to yeah. that knocking, knocking point podcast. Uh, I don't think we're going to get into it tonight no. or anything because that takes hours to unravel. Yeah. Um, it, he he's an interesting character post arrow very controversial he is but he did more controversial than when he was on the show which is hard to do yeah yeah, but I I brought it. I, I, he's fresh of mind because he he did post a thing on his Instagram this evening where he uh, it was a a meme of uh, basically it was he someone forwarded it to him and talked about how. If, you know, I don't have to worry about if my kids going out for a pack of Skittles. It's been something that's been floating around on social media. He posted it, so, and he mm-hmm. said he's going to do endeavor to to be better on and, and and speak out more on these things. So, yeah, um, and and you know what the the Arrowverse would not be complete if it also didn't have some kind of scandal going on in terms of writing and production. Because we found out amidst everything else going on, they couldn't hold this back or anything, (laughs) that Batwoman producer uh, is planning on reinventing the show, I should say. Yeah. Uh, They will not be focusing on Kate Kane, so this will not be a recast, although it'll be a restructure around a brand new Batwoman by the name of Riley. And boy... Twitter, as if you don't got enough stuff to yell about. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> has their opinion. <laughs> no one agrees. But but it is interesting how after that initial statement and getting all of the feedback, now we find out that really this decision came from the advisement of Greg Berlanti, who's the head of the Arrowverse, the creator of all of these shows that we constantly talk about. And and it was him who said, "Don't don't recast, just reboot." Mm-hmm. And and I think there was something else that came out today, but but I could be mistaken. Uh, it, yeah, there was something that came out today. So actually, I think it was in response to, I, I guess there was a story that was floating around yesterday or day before about uh, there were plans to kill off Kate Kane and. And it was, um, yeah. yeah, and it was, uh, it was one of the, I don't know, it wasn't from a trade, it was, I think, it, you know, as far as like Hollywood Reporter, Variety, or any reputable source, it was just uh, a blogger, I believe, and yeah, so as a result of that, uh, the showrunner Caroline had came out with a very forceful statement today that, you know, as and I'll just read it, a portion of it, as a lesbian who's been working as a writer for the past 15 years, well aware of the bury your gaze trope and I have no interest in participating in it. And then she goes on to say that's why it's important to clarify any information about Kate and recasting her. Like you, I love Kate Kane and the reason I wanted to do the show. We'll never erase her. In fact, her disappearance will be one of the mysteries of season two. And that was the real key thing I took away from her statement. Um, So, we're not going to get a recast and just like Bruce Wayne, Kate's going to disappear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still on the fence about if this makes me even more curious about season two of Batwoman or, or if I'm mad at it. Like a part of me, I was already completely on board for season two of Batwoman. Mm-hmm. But now I really have no idea. Yeah. what they're going to do, how they're going to achieve this. I do have, and and that's something we have to remember. As I said before, we found out the decision came under the advisement of Greg Berlanti. He also put Carolyn in charge of the show, and she really did deliver an excellent season of TV with season one. She did. So I have to have faith that whatever they end up doing 
they'll be able to swerve and make it work. And, 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 and if it doesn't, we tend to just love to talk about things we hate. So. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, either way, either way, either way, we'll have content. (laughs) It's a win-win for us. (laughs) I mean, it might go the way of Supergirl and we might stop watching halfway through, but who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Exactly. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I, I'm still. I'm. I'm in the still in the camp of you know. Treat us like adults here. We know what happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. honor. Yeah. Yes. I, I get Greg's point of trying to honor Ruby's work and that kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, part of the reason why season one works so well is is because of the relationships and the story that they built up. Yes. Exactly. You know. Yes. It, Ruby was a big part of that as far as how, especially as she grew with the character over the course of the season, it got, it seemed to get more and more comfortable as the season progressed, even though at least on camera, at least off camera, she, you know, obviously we know she wasn't, but, um, but I think, you know, when you have characters like you know, Rachel Scarson, as far as Alice and the story they built up with Kate and Alice, you know, you could, I mean, that's why they do screen tests and chemistry tests for, with actors and actresses. And they could bring someone in who could pick up that, that story. And I think carry it forward, forward, because that was what got me invested in the show. Not, not, not Ruby Rose, <laughs> but it was actually, it was a character yeah. that they built and the story yeah. that they built. So I, I'm, you know, I'm of the opinion, story is what matters. And, right. and so as a viewer, I'm, I'm really worried because I, I was really bought into this. And now I'm like, okay, now I got to get reinvested in a show uh, with this, with this, this recasting reboot it, with this recast. And I, you know, and I, I just don't know. I, I, it may work. It may not. Uh, we've seen situations where um, it shows lose characters or, or lose, lose actors. And, I think like NYPD Blue. I mean, they think, you know, they they, you know, the lead gut leaves, and then they bring in Jimmy Smiths, and and they picked up a beat and and went on forward. But they had a very strong. But again, it was, you know, a very strong supporting cast, which the show does have. But I think the story, right. on top of the strong supporting cast, is what made this first season work so well. Right. I, I a show that comes to my mind whenever we talk about recasting is Parks and Rec because mm-hmm. I was late to the part party on that show and season 1 which I binged very like fundamentally a different show than season 2 mm-hmm. and some of the most more prominent characters of that series did not even get introduced until the very end of season 2. So I think that there is a way. Now, granted, that's a sitcom. We're talking about a comic book show, which is basically a soap opera. And to your point, it's all about relationships. And I 100% agree that viewers, most of us, it wasn't Ruby Rose. It was Kate Kane. That is who we wanted to follow. That's the person whose story kind of brought us in and all of these intricate dynamics that involved to lead us into that finale and to prepare us for the next chapter. Now we're not going to get that chapter or that chapter is going to remain a quote unquote mystery. I got enough mystery in my life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then again, I just, as a, as someone who's always very interested in in the production side of entertainment and and the writers and and how how things happen, I'm still curious. Yeah. I guess uh, for whatever reason, I'm not fearful. I'm just curious yeah. about what's going to happen and how they're going to pull this off. I don't want to know anymore about the decisions that are being made right now. I want to give them time and space to write um, because that's what they really need to do because production will start before they know it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah and I was they, reading. hopefully we don't have COVID-20 to come and disrupt the party. 
Right, right. Yeah, I did see where Vancouver was getting close to uh, starting uh, to allow productions to uh, to start up again in the city. So, and I know L.A. County, I think, was doing that as well. So, things will be get back in production before we know it. And uh, in January 2021, it'll be here very soon. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think uh, fearful is maybe not the right feeling at this point. I, I, but again, I. You know, as I mentioned before, uh, I I think your point is well taken. That give them space to do what they need to do, and then we'll see the results of it next year. Yeah, things that I um, have no interest in seeing the result is as space force. We gotta <laughs> talk about. This. Yeah, Will and I were very excited. We were. <laughs> we thought that space force was going to be a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out we were wrong. Yeah. Um, I made it, I think, to episode four. Okay. And the funny thing about Space Force, A, it wasn't funny in my opinion. Um, Steve Carell, he's just old. And I honestly felt like he didn't even want to be there because the way he was delivering his lines, it just felt like someone someone aged his body and told him act exactly how you did in those anchorman movies (laughs) 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 or act how you did do your set from about 20 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't work. It just, this show was so dry and just fell so flat for me. I couldn't get through it. I really, it was, it turned into white noise and I had, I did not care at all. Yeah, I I made it to episode five, and I yeah it was I will say I, I did I, I did laugh out loud with episode three. There were some bits in it that I I did find funny, uh, but it but you're right. I mean, it, it felt like the, it felt like the shadow of the shadow of the shadow of of the office. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, of, the, of the shadow of the office yeah. of the UK office of yeah. that shadow yeah 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 because at some points it was like okay this is like where you have you know it was like Steve Carroll and this as far as his character was just like it's just it was just really bad i don't know if they were trying to be a farce I mean, it was clearly trying to be a farce of of the Space Force new service and stuff and all. And, and then there were some funny bits with the whole Joint Chiefs of Staff. But, you know, after a while, it got very tiresome with with the current with the generals, you know, basically, you know, in a in a man measuring contest as far as who. I mean, that I mean. And it just it just it was just it was just hard to get through. I mean, I was going to be honest, it was yeah. hard to get through and I wanted and I was really trying to like it but as I said really the only episode where it really felt like I I did have some honest honest laughter was that was the third episode uh and the others uh, you know I was just like I, I turned it to my wife we were watching and I was like man you're just squandering such great talent here with Steve Carell Steve Carell and John Malkovich and Jane Lynch John and, I mean, Malkovich was on this show yeah, John Malkovich was yeah. on this show. Right, it was so weird. Yes, <laughs> but the, thanks for bringing up the talent point because it's funny how I stopped watching this show and I found myself suddenly I had to do it and I binged the complete season of the morning show on Apple TV. Oh, okay. How was that? With Steve Carell. And Steve Carell, it's like night and day. Huh. He he owns. Well, he doesn't own it because Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, and they have a supporting cast that is really good too. But his performance, man, he just he nailed it. And and it was so interesting because the performance he gives on that show, when you compare it to Space Force. It goes back to what I just said about he knew the writing was bad on Space Force because he delivered 
on the morning show. And that show, um, it was good. I I don't think it needed to be 10 episodes. Mm. There were some beats towards the end where it just started to get predictable. Mm. However, I do appreciate that there are some scenes that I still that I think will be sketched in my mind for a good year um, because it is so to the point about what sexual harassment in the workplace actually does to both men and women. Mm -hmm. And the people, the Harvey Weinsteins of the world and all of those bastards, the, they're, it's not just how they do it mm-hmm. and what they do or their actions, but it's that manipulation of everything and everyone. And they really flushed all of that out. Huh. So it, it was good. And I completely understand why it first dropped in November and everybody was so excited about it because um, it it's very much, have you ever seen the show, The Newsroom? Okay, so if it it is um, hmm. it's it's another version of the newsroom okay. because they play off of recent events and everything. So okay, okay, yeah, I don't I don't I obviously have Apple TV, but I, I do remember a lot of what you just said. It was was part of that that buzz when it when it first dropped, and uh, I think yeah, as far as one of the standout uh, shows from from that platform, so. Uh, maybe you have to check it out sometime. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, for what I don't, I was just bored and I watched it yeah. and I started watching defending Jacob last night and I figured out I'm not really a fan. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Of the murder mysteries. Because <laughs> <laughs> I stopped watching it and... I, I might you're gonna you're gonna roll your eyes and say so Sarah but <laughs> I might just watch the last episode <laughs> but the, the it's just it's it's very similar to when I watch documentaries I feel as if there is someone or the editor has all the power right. and they they make they cut to certain scenes and it, it never feels natural. Okay. Because they want to build this who done it, and it just—I I don't know—it's not engaging to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I could—I could see that. I mean, I, I haven't. Those some of those street crime dramas and docu shows like that. Um, yeah, I have—I have to definitely be in the right frame frame of mind to to watch them to be to be engaged with them. But uh, yeah, I haven't. Um, yeah, this week has been. Um, Really, you know, after after Space Force or Space Farce, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, maybe just take a little break from stuff and and you know, just sort of be very very judicious as far as like picking up anything new for for a little bit. But uh, right. yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, but you know, I may I'm again I may give the next episode or two of Space Force a try just to. Yeah, I just see if it gets any better. But you know, this is another you know, you know, Greg Daniels. You know, we we talked about uh, upload a couple of weeks ago, and uh, where that series, you know, has some good moments. This one uh, it was uh, is a disappointment, and it's really sad too. I mean, because Greg Daniels and Steve Carell are both the producers and are, are, are behind this, but it seemed like all the energy went to to the setup and, and, and not the delivery. Right, right. Well, there's no relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your point about upload, and I forgot about that fact with Greg Daniels. And funny how both shows, I thought the comedy were the weak parts. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in Upload, when we were talking about it a few weeks ago, we both said that connection between Robbie Amell's character and the angel and and the actress who I forget her name, but her portrayal and really the viewer seeing everything from from her eyes and all of these characters really helped right. keep the viewers engaged. Well, Space Force, it doesn't really have that. No. I mean, you could say the father-daughter relationship, but there were plenty of episodes where they hardly interacted. And it just, there were so many things missing mm -hmm. from it. Yeah. And um, were, that I yeah. feel like they they calculated the equation completely wrong. But right. um, I do have a show that I'm actually excited to talk about with you this okay. week. Okay. And wait for it, guys. Because I'm finally excited to talk about Stargirl. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not sold on the series, but I have wanted to talk to you about it, especially yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, you, you teased it whenever we did our our our, our statement recording last week. And I, I I've been like waiting to see what you had to say. So I you I can't wait to, to hear what you have to say, and I'm a hush and let you do it. Well, the episode that we were going to talk about last week, and I watched it, and the thing that blew my mind was they actually killed a kid. Yeah. They went there. <laughs> they went there, and I honestly don't know if any of the other shows that we cover that are in this Arrowverse this DC verse have really gone there and they did. And, and then it escalated because they not only killed the kid, they killed the father, they destroyed this family and yeah. they had the villain do it. Yeah. To really strengthen that, mm -hmm. that idea that this is a menacing person who goes after his own team. Yeah. And, and I thought it was so smart, and I really I appreciated it because in other shows we cover, we've commented often when they don't raise the stakes about why this villain, we should be afraid of him, yeah. or we should be fearful of the potential or, or the, the, um, the dynamic between the hero and the villain, like those are very crucial things to establish. And, and this episode, Jordan just skyrocketed to a thousand percent. Now I still have my issues with Courtney <laughs> <laughs> and this episode also highlighted it <laughs> because despite watching, watching this kid die and the, literal danger like unmistakable danger she not only put herself in but in pat in mm -hmm. it i she still doesn't get it yeah but i think this episode helps to help her begin to, to help her begin to get it because you know with the you know, we always, you know, you, you got to always have the bus in peril <laughs> in, in, in these superhero. Right. And so, and, it, and this time, it wasn't due to her own, her, her making that the bus was actually in peril. It was basically Jordan realizing that, the, you know, they're coming back on, on the trip and he was using this as a way to, to, Raise the stakes and, and and get Zarek to, you know, get back into the game. I mean, because you know, because earlier in the episode, there was this very mo there was this moment between Icicle Jordan and and the and the Wizard Garrett Zarek, uh, where they were discussing old times, and you know, basically we see how Jordan has come back to Blue Valley to. And he's trying to gentrify the town, and, and basically Zarek's there as a prop to 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 uh, execute those you know, execute whatever New America plan is, and and they have a you know they have that conversation on the steps about you know, what would you do, and 
and and loss and 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 what's the important things and and it's really set you know it, that really set things up such that whenever Jordan you know, froze the bridge and 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 Courtney was you know you know to, 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 up to this point in the series she's you know she's been seeing the fun side of superheroing and you know mm-hmm. and, and and you know really brainwave when you think about it compared to Jordan it was kind of a bumble you know he had he was kind of a bumbling creepy dude but you know but it wasn't that like you were saying that menacing you know this guy is playing for keeps he didn't you know I didn't yeah. get that vibe from brainwave with what Jordan did he's like I'm I will do whatever it takes even killing my partner's son to to achieve what I need to do here and that really, right. yeah, that really provided some real stakes in this, you know, and it's not going to be one of these like, oh, Barry's going to run and reverse it. And, you know, Joey and Zarek are coming back. This is, this is done. This right. is it. Yeah. I think that to your point, Brainwave really came off as a henchman mm-hmm. and just evil and mustache twirling and all of that and meanwhile jordan comes out as the true master mastermind and somebody who not only understands how to manipulate his powers to the the best potential but also knows how to manipulate everyone else in the situation around him because he sees the political gain Mm -hmm. and game and everything um and even as now he's kind of rebuilding and accelerating his plans, he still is maneuvering people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also funny. <laughs> we all knew it watching the show that Cameron would turn out to be Jordan's son. They set that up since the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, there might be a love love thing going on. And it might turn into Luke and Leia, where they find out they're related. Fingers yeah. crossed. No. <laughs> um, but but then again, based on his reaction to his wife's dying, I I I don't think they're going to go in that way. Honestly, I get the impression that the whole if they do end up making Starman not Courtney's dad, and to what you explained to me making it be a villain, I think they're going to save that for season two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think I read somewhere where Jeff John said that this this episode was the darkest place that this this that they're going to go this season. So um so I, yeah, I don't I don't think they'll do the do the do that kind of twi- twist with uh with Courtney and her father. Uh, because you know, if you do it, if you if you know, if you reveal it too soon in the series, then yeah, you know, just it just cut, cuts off so many creative options down the down the line. So right, right, and and they're they're really making sure we recognize that they are at a unlimited creative options because the follow up episode, um, man, what is what is that character's name? Wildcat. Well, uh, Wildcat, yeah, Yolanda. Wildcat, yeah. yeah, because Courtney's basically assembling her own justice society mm-hmm. now that Pat, he's such a great stepfather, shows her where all of the toys are hidden. Exactly. <laughs> Good job, Pat. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. So, was, so, yeah. Yeah, it's funny about that because I guess Pat was trying, I guess he was trying to like you know, show her the stakes of the game are, 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 are real here. And, and, you know, she has Joey's lost and everything. And then, um, you know, Pat lost everyone because of, of this justice mm-hmm. society and how dangerous they are because this, the justice society on earth Two is like the best of the best superhero team. You know, you have the flash, you have their, their, you know, the green lantern, uh, our man, etc., and they couldn't stop injustice society. And again, it just reinforces the stakes uh, of the series and how dangerous Icicle is. And so, mm-hmm. so, so I, it was really 
I have to hand it to him. It was really good world building that they did in this episode, in episode three, and then carrying it forward into episode four um, with with Courtney trying to build her team. And make friends. And make friends. And make friends. Even <laughs> though even though they did kind of just kind of quickly moved on from Joey's death, but that was one of my quibbles with the fourth episode. But there was, but there was a lot of other things going on. Uh, as far as we, you know, learning about why Yolanda is 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 the outcast and sits at the quote unquote loser table, uh, and, right. and 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 well, again with her family, was that with her family? I mean, that was yeah. the big thing with Yolanda is it's it's not only that she's at the loser table in school, but me- but they really wanted to make it clear this isn't this isn't about her just wanting to be popular again. It's about she's lost her family. And I thought that was a really smart smart move because so much of the show is about family and especially modern families and learning to accept each other despite flaws or perception. Um and so I like what they did with her character in the background. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel bored with this episode. No, I probably no. liked it because it didn't center around Courtney. <laughs> 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 and and it was it was funny because about I don't I don't know when Beth pops up. I th- I I make a note. What okay? And I made this honestly way before the end of the episode. It's when we first see Beth and I was reminded that she's in this high school too. I I wrote a note on the rundown. I wonder which society Beth is a part of. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's getting to a point where Courtney, it's not just that she's in high school, but she is a descendant of somebody. And so are all of her classmates. They're all descendants of yeah. these larger than life superheroes. Yeah. And and with a big thing about comic comic li- lineage is the passing of the torch is that legacy involved with the mantles of these characters, and so in a way, I feel like this is an apology letter for season one of Teen Titans. Yes, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. A, yeah. I I will freely yeah you know you're right because um, uh, with the DC universe they really are huh <laughs> yeah they really are I, I think, yeah, think... yeah. <laughs> they really are but um, yeah I I, I I think you know I think we know which side Beth will be on but I want to get I, I wanted to follow up a little bit your point about Yolanda and her and her loss and uh, and, and again. One of the scenes that stands out to me was um, was when she, after being with Courtney and being Wildcat, and then going back to her home and talking to her family. You know, she's feeling you know that renewed sense of confidence that we we saw early on in the when we whenever they went back three months at the beginning of the episode to show her running for class president, and you know she was a popular kid and all that, and and I'm glad they did that. Uh, because it gives uh, a greater depth to to what happened with her in later later in the episode when she tries to say, "Look, I, you know, you know, I know I messed up and brought shame to the house and all that kind of stuff." Um, and, and and but instead of taking the safe route and just like, "Oh, you know, big hugs, everybody gets back together," you know, they they uh, they they still just did not let them forgive her and stuff. And it really shows the complexities of, of relationships in life. And, 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 and it also, I think it did put a good light as far as Courtney being that open and, and also calling out who was really in the wrong here. I mean, Yolanda wasn't the person in the wrong. It was, you know, it was actually Hank for like sharing that, sharing a selfie um, to everyone, and and so you know, so it was it was dealing with a lot of level layers there in that story about victimhood and 
you know, how society and even sometimes people who you're close to will, uh, you know, will, will, will not, well, you know, blame a, you know, blame the wrong person. And, you know, you know, she made a mistake. And, and so it was, it was a way to help Yolanda, you know, okay, I, I'm going to have to like build myself back up and I'm going to, you know, there's going to be things that, you know, I, you know, help, it was almost empowering for her to like, actually for them to like, say no we're not going to forgive you at this point she's like okay i got it i got it but you know through this this new superhero wildcat she's gonna you know reestablish herself and reestablish her identity so i think it was it was a good way to explore some of those things um and, and not do it in a preachy way but just in a in a, in a good storytelling way yeah i i think that she found she decided she was no longer going to apologize because she knew she wasn't wrong. And I appreciate that. I thought she was kind of naive to think that all would be right. Um, But even though she didn't get the outcome she wanted from her parents, I think by having said it, she freed herself from that guilt and will now probably strive to find redemption, which will be interesting, um, find redemption for her family, for her name, under the identity of this alter ego that is Wildcat. And so that's where they continue this, because it's not like she can go and save somebody and come back and tell mom and dad. Right, right. I mean, it's a secret identity, yet at the same time, she knows that they, that by her doing that, she is, she is putting more, more respect for herself, some self-respect. Um, and, and I think that there's more to explore with Hank. He, he, he messed up by showing his friends, but he also didn't release it to the entire school. Right. Um, another person, I wonder what side she's on, <laughs> what descendant, like this show should just be called Descendants. Oh wait, there's a Disney movie franchise I already called that. So Oops. moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, this show is, it's building. Um, yeah. they're making a lot of right choices. Mm-hmm. I still, I mean, to your point and what we were talking about before with that woman, and it wasn't about Ruby Rose. It was all about Kate Kane. I am not sold on Courtney. I am sold on the world building on this league and this larger story. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sold on the main story of the hero. Yeah, I, I'm. it's growing on me. Her story mm-hmm. is, is growing on me. I think it's a little different from... You know, because she, she's we're, we're we're growing with her as a superhero, and so it and but also at the same time, where as whenever we meet the Oliver Queens and the Sarah Lances and Kate Canes as as adults, you know we're dealing with a teenager here, and so obviously we're dealing with all the things, you know, so we're, we're, she's grown up as a superhero, but also she's got all the other things going in her life as far as what a teen typically has as well. So I, you know, so the, the relationship part, I, I, I'm really liking how they are doing the relationship with, with her and Pat and getting, getting invested in, in, in that as, as like she, you know, like she is with Pat. It took, finding the cosmic staff to like realize that her stepdad is not this, this doofus goofy guy, but, but now since that, that event brought them closer together, I, 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 I feel like as an audience member, I I'm growing with as Courtney and Pat's relationship grows as they build this new justice society. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to come along with it. And really in the third episode, even though it went to a dark place, that was kind of the thing that got that that was you know all the other things that happened in the episode 
and her going to see the Justice Society chambers and stuff really has gotten me more, even more invested in in the characters and in the show. So I mean, it was, and a lot of things. You know, I I I will I, I was engaged from start to finish with both episodes three and four, whereas. In episode one, I was because it's a pilot. Episode two, you know, there were some moments I started kind of fading a bit, but but not with the but not with the last two. Agreed. Very very. I think we're on the same page about this show so far. So, yeah. on a um, on a final note about a show that we've always been on the same page about. However, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just dropped today. <laughs> Doom Patrol, the season two trailer dropped today, and Will has some thoughts. I have some thoughts. Oh my god, I can't wait to June 25th. It was uh, great. It was a very exciting trailer. It, uh, it 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 recaps all the characters and the, the chief's reasonings for why he did the you know did the the work on him on them. Uh, it, you know, we we see. You know, we see Cliff and Cliff's, you know, uh, how much I've missed, missed him, Robot Man. And, you know, Rita Farr has some nice scenes where she seems to be getting better handle on her abilities. And uh, uh, Cyborg, you know, Cyborg's a straight man to the to the misfits. And, of course, our, 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 our favorite, uh, Crazy Jane. Uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, there was a funny bit with her and Cyborg. Uh, that will spoil for Sarah, but uh, whenever, so whenever you see it, you'll you'll know which one I'm talking about between Crazy Jane and, and Cyborg. But it it, it remind, but just seeing the trailer and also we do get introduced the little to the chief's daughter. It just reminded me why uh, I fell for the show, as far as one of the more imaginative and different and and. and dopest shows in, in the genre so uh, it's just a couple weeks away and uh, you know we'll be talking about it absolutely i i love me some doom patrol and i hope they knock it out of the park like they did with their first season if you haven't watched their first season then you're just dead to me <laughs> <laughs> um hang in there i, I will admit you you got to get to about episode four before things really start to build and escalate and and you can probably skip um two and three but on that note will why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you yes you can find me at will and polk this w-i-l-l-m-p-o-l-k and you can find me at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good night. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>